Hey there, I am Anna Michelle Gomo and you are welcome to the podcast. This is a safe space where I get to talk about God and how we can build our relationship with Him. On each episode, we'll be diving below the surface of the Bible to encounter God and grow. Currently, we are on a 365-day Bible challenge and it has been fantastic so far. And so I invite you to join us today because God has a word for you, but it is up to you to listen. So please stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome back to another great episode of the podcast. Today is day 105 of our Bible in a Year Challenge, and you are welcome back once again to the podcast. We would be continuing on our journey, reading through the Gospel of John and also with Proverbs. And apparently today is our last day in this messianic, first messianic checkpoint. So today is the last day we'll be reading through the Gospel of John. And man, it has been such a journey in today's readings, we would be seeing and reading about the crucifixion, the death, and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there is so much significance in this. Like there is, there is so much similarities in what has been prophesied before and in what is being played out today in the gospel. And like I've always said since we began reading with John, that you cannot exhaust all that you can learn and all that the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you through the Word of God, and it is it is not enough. One day is not enough. One episode is not enough to explain all that is going on in today's readings, but God is going to give us what we need for each day, and we take joy in that. That means we have a lot more to learn, and so we are always going to be dependent on the Holy Spirit, and I think that is I think that is good news. So rather than feel overwhelmed or feel like you're not getting enough or you're not learning as much as you would like to, God will give you what you need for today. I on my part will help explain and break it down as much as I possibly can. And yeah, we see where that takes us. So first thing I would like to say today is one of the obvious significance of what is going on is that Jesus is revealed. Jesus is fulfilled as the Lamb of God. Jesus was, apparently, he was condemned. He was condemned to die. You know, when um, Pontius Pilate was questioning Jesus, and then you have, like, the Jews deciding or wanting Barabbas to be released instead of him, and then screaming and shouting out, crucify him. When all of that was taking place, that hour, that time that it was taking place by noon, that was the exact time time that the lamb for the Passover would be slaughtered and that was the exact time that Jesus was condemned to death and even when he was on the cross the Jews because they knew that this Passover was quite holy you know I think one one major thing that <laughs> one major thing that probably surprised Jesus and also surprises me every time I read this is is this group of people this Pharisees like this holy group of people that that knew Moses's law sentence by sentence they knew every single thing about what was written in the torah and all that god commands they were so strict to follow the law these people that knew so much about what god said and about what moses said were lacking in love because they were comfortable enough to crucify an innocent man even though he had nothing he had done nothing he had nothing that was he had done nothing pretty much that was um 
deserving of death, but they were comfortable enough to pay Judas, to pay one of his disciples to bring him in. And this same people could not stand to have dead bodies hanging because the Passover feast was so holy. Like, this is the height of hypocrisy. And that was why Jesus said during his lifetime, he said that unless you are more holy than the Pharisees, you will never see the kingdom of God. We have to realize that our Christianity and our walk with God is more than our surface knowledge of the Bible. It is more than memorizing the Bible. It is more than sleeping and living our entire lives in the church. Our Christianity is about love. There was something that St. Paul says. He says that even if you prophesy, even if you heal, even if you teach, even if you cast out demons and you perform so many miracles, if you lack love, you have done nothing. Love is the center of who we are as Christians. Love is what makes us Christians. Anyways, I think I diverted. What was I saying? Um, so the Pharisees were the Jews, um, were telling the soldiers, telling the Romans, you know, we have this Passover feast, um, take these bodies down because we cannot afford to have them hanging. It's going to desecrate the whole festival. And so they started breaking the bones of the other people that they crucified, possibly because they weren't dead yet. But then in Jesus' case, he was already dead by the time they got to him, um, given the fact that he was tortured quite severely as compared to the others. And so when he reached his turn, there was no need to break his bones. They, they pierced him by the side. One soldier pierced him by the side. And this is significant because even the lamb that was to be used for the sacrifice was supposed to be spotless. It was supposed to be pretty much healthy. There was the, the, the bones weren't supposed to be broken. It was one of the laws that was governing the Passover feast. You could go back in Exodus to read about that. We have read about that. And we see that same thing happen, that Jesus' bones weren't broken. And we also see how this kind of fulfills the prophecies. Jesus' bones weren't broken. His side was pierced. These were prophecies that were already given before the time of Jesus. And these are one of the reasons why we have so much evidence that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Even when Pontius Pilate was questioning him after the whole session, he found out that there was nothing, that this man had done nothing. And so he told the Jews about this. I have questioned him. I find nothing wrong in him. You will remember that the Lamb for the Passover was also supposed to be spotless it was supposed to be without blemish without any defect whatsoever and here is jesus the son of god the only person who fits into that perfect category being the lamb of god and even in the time of abraham when he was tested with um offering up his son his only son isaac to god when he went with isaac's son who was carrying the firewood and then isaac um kind of asked him along the way so there is the firewood we have all of this, but there is no lamb, and we are supposed to offer a sacrifice to God. And then Abraham tells him that you do not need to worry about that because God will provide a sacrifice for himself. This was a prophecy to what is going on in today's readings. The lamb that God will provide for himself is Jesus. The lamb that fits that perfect category that that wasn't killed because he he had no form of strength or he had no power but he laid down his life willingly to save us from our sins that lamb that was promised since the time of abraham 
is Jesus. And not only is Jesus um, fulfilled as the sacrificial lamb, as the lamb of God, he's also fulfilled as the priest. You would remember, or you, I mean, we just practically read that today in today's readings, that God's or Jesus's garments were divided into four parts, right? And they were shared among the soldiers. But his tunic was without sin, woven from top to bottom. And they cast lots on this. This was also a way of fulfilling the prophecy from Isaiah. But one thing that we can get from this again is that this tunic that was woven without sin from top to bottom is the ephod. The ephod is a priestly garment that is worn by the priest when a sacrifice is offered. This ephod is the one that Samuel wears. It is the same garment that Samuel's mother makes for him every single year that she visits him up in Shiloh. And this was the same garment that Jesus wore at the time of his crucifixion. Jesus is the priest that offers himself as a sacrifice for our sake. And I think there is so much um, sense in that because in this we see the full meaning of agape love. Agape love is a love that does not demand in return. It is the love that is always given, that is selfless, that is not greedy, that has no pride and has no envy. And this is the love that Jesus has for us. And also, this is the love that we are requested to have from him back and also for our fellow humans. And, and so when we, when we um, look at what is going on here and we are thankful that Jesus died for us and that Jesus loves us this much, we also have to remember that we have also been called to this standard. And so while we go about our day with people that hate us or people that love us, while we work amongst people that have different beliefs and different morals, we should have it always at the back of our minds that we are nothing. As Christians, we are nothing without love. One other thing that happens that is really significant in today is that Jesus not only gives us the Father, His Father, God the Father as our Father. When He says that, what I'm doing, you would know right after all of this what i'm doing you'll become you'll come to understand right i'm doing all of this you don't understand but when the time comes you will understand that when the time comes i am not the one that will pray to the father on your behalf you will pray you will ask the father directly in my name and whatever you ask of him in my name will be granted unto you and by doing this in today's readings at the crucifixion jesus opened up that pathway that direct pathway for us to have access to God the Father. not Probably not in today's gospel, but in another gospel. I don't know which one exactly. But at the time of Jesus' crucifixion, there were three major things that happened, right? I think it was, was it three? Yeah, I think it was three. There were three major events that happened. First of all, you have the total darkness um, signifying that light had left the world. You have the dead bodies of all the righteous men that had ever died, that had ever lived before the time of Jesus, rising up from the tomb, signifying the resurrection of the righteous people. And then one other thing is that the um, curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom. And that kind of signified that the access way, the path, the way being Jesus has been opened. And so there was no sin anymore. There was no obstacle blocking us from having 
a direct access to the Father. And that is what we enjoy today, that we can go down on our knees today and pray to God the Father, even in our state of sin. But not only does Jesus give us the Father as our Father, he also gives us his mother as our mother. And the cross he told the disciple whom he loved the most. I, I don't, okay, I don't think he said, I think it's, it is the disciple whom he loved. I don't know if there is anybody that Jesus loves the most. I don't know. If he has, then he probably has the right to have that. But the Bible describes this disciple as the disciple that Jesus loves. This is John. This is the gospel of that disciple that we are reading now. And then on the cross, Jesus tells this, this disciple, um, here is your mother. And then he tells Mother Mary, here is your son. And we're told that from that time on, the disciple took Mary to live with him. And so this... Um, not only signifies or um, these words weren't only said to John, the disciple, these words are said to us that on the cross, Jesus gives his mother as our mother and he gives us to Mary as her child. And I think that is that is so amazing. Uh, sometimes you have some people saying, well, Catholics and their relationship with Mary is just quite complex. It is, you know, I, I, I always hear that, that most people see that as idolatry. For some reason, some people feel like the way Catholics choose to honor Mary and ask for her intercession is just like borderline idolatry. Well, all I can say on that issue is that Today, in today's readings, it, these are not my words. These are words directly from the Bible. Jesus gave Mary as our mother. At this most vulnerable time of Jesus, at this darkest time, at this painful hour right before his death, out of the millions of things that he could have said, he decided to say to the disciple whom he loved, this is your mother. And he said to Mary, this is your son. The disciple whom he loved is not just John, but it is everyone who belongs to the body of Christ. And Jesus offers his mother, gives his mother to us as our mother. I think that speaks volumes about the importance of this. This wasn't a coincidence. This, this is not just one of those things that you skip over or you decide to neglect. The, the amount of grace that is available when we decide to take our mother Mary in to our house, into the house of our heart, is just immense. We're talking about the living Siborium, the only human that was, that was blessed with such grace that she contained God himself. That is exceptional. And I don't, I don't understand how people can get to overlook that anyways, be that as it may. Another thing that I'd like to say today from today's readings is that um, Jesus said i thirst it is one of the last words that jesus speaks in the gospel of john i thirst and you have this high sop this um plant that was used to give him wine and he drank and then right after that he said it is finished and he gave up his spirit this high sop is the same plant that the israelites used while they were about to leave egypt they used this same high sop to sprinkle the blood on their lintels and on their doorposts on the Passover night. And this is one of the major significances of what is going on today, that Jesus is the sacrificial lamb. And then after Jesus' death and he is risen from the grave, 
he appears to his disciples on three good occasions. And in one of them, he tells them, whatever sin you forgive is forgiven and whatever sin you retain is retained. And this essentially is where Jesus gives the authority to forgive sins to his disciples. And this is one of the foundations on which the sacrament of reconciliation is built and founded. This is the same authority that the priest um, uses to forgive sins at confession. Confession is one of the most liberating sacraments, um, especially for people that are having a hard time letting go of their past sins or their mistakes. I will say this, that confession healed me. So that there was a point of my life that I was holding back and I was having a hard time believing that God could forgive me for what I have done. And it was not until I went to confession and used my mouth to say these things I was so ashamed of, to say these things that I was holding in for so long. It was not until that point that I felt free and I felt liberated. And I would be selfish to want to keep this to myself. And so while we are in the season of Lent, we are all obligated to go and meet Jesus in the confession having in mind that we are not confessing our sins to the priest. The priest is acting in place of Jesus standing upon this authority that was given to the disciples to forgive sins. So when we go to confession, we are confessing our sins to Jesus and he forgives us and we are reconciled back to him. And that is such a gift. That is such a grace. Another thing, I think I said this in yesterday's episode, that um, Jesus gives Peter the opportunity to rewrite his story by asking him three good times, Peter, do you love me? And then he said, tend to my sheep. But before this, um, Jesus reiterates that miracle of catching fish. So you have Peter and the apostles, some disciples that went out to fish and they did not catch anything. And then Jesus comes and asks them, have you caught anything? And they say, no. And then he tells them, cast your net this way. And they do so. And they are able to catch such a large amount of fish. But one peculiar thing about this narration is that it states the number of the fish that they caught. It states that it was 153. And I read that this is significant because the Jewish letters, the Jewish letters have like numerical values associated with them. You know, you have like different, take for instance, you have in the English um language you have alphabets like a b c so in the jewish alphabets you have like like symbols and alphabets that have numerical value associated with them and so when you say the words i am who i am in jewish the letters that represent i am who i am have numerical values and when you add them all up they add up to 153 i do not think that is a coincidence and so when jesus does this when he um gives them this miracle of this fish it is a way of him telling them that i am who i am and i am god even when you deny me even when you sin even when you fall away i am still god and i have that power to rewrite your story um lastly from the gospel of john is that jesus is present in the blessed sacrament every single day and he thirsts for our love he thirsts for our attention he thirsts for our heart. And every single second of the day, he is asking us, do you love me? 
whatever answer we give to him is is our response to his love is our response to his death is our response to his sacrifice so lastly before i end this episode we have been talking about john i mean pretty much every single day of <laughs> this week but we have also been reading Proverbs. And then, yeah, I know some, some people would kind of ask, like, why is it just John? I mean, it is hard to talk about anything else when you're reading the life of Jesus. But we should also not neglect the book of Proverbs because it is also God's word. And today's readings from Proverbs is exceptional. It says that there are seven things that the Lord hates and cannot tolerate. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that kill innocent people. A mind that thinks up wicked plans, feet that hurry off to do evil, a witness who tells one lie after another, and someone who stirs up trouble among friends. And so while we go for confession during this Lenten season, I would invite you to kind of use this as um, standards to ask ourselves those questions. Because sometimes it's not up until you ask yourself a question, it is not up until you review yourself that you actually realize that you have fallen short so many times of the day and so while we prepare for confession just give yourself a quick review is there any time that i have lied (laughs) yeah i think we do that very often and sometimes we tend to think that that is a very small sin and then we can just overlook that and move on but it is not all sins are punishable by death so yeah we have we have to give that up in confession to god And then just as Proverbs tells us that the words of our father and our mother are important and that we should keep these words in our hearts, lock them up in our hearts because they will lead us when we travel, they will protect us at night, and they will advise us during the day. We can abide by that because Jesus gives us his father and his mother. And so that God's word be locked up in our hearts. Let it lead us when we travel. Let it advise us by day. And let it protect us by night. This is my prayer for myself and for you listening. Thank you so much for joining us up until this point. Tomorrow we would be beginning a new timeline, the seventh timeline in this journey. And I am so excited to um to be doing that with you guys. Once again, we have read the Gospel of John. There is so much more that we probably might have overlooked but god is gracious enough to reveal that to us with time and please do not forget to share and leave a review and subscribe if you haven't done so yet and i'll see you guys in tomorrow's episode same time same place have an amazing day